0: Once upon a time, in a world with faith and fairness, there was something hidden. Down
1: the boundary, he's going to go! Bearcats lead!
2: Pitch on the way from Mikolajic, swing and a miss! Mikolajic gets the strikeout! And for the first time in school history, the Bearcats are going to the Super regional! Get ready. For a next level show. Welcome to Chasing the Cup. I'm your host, Jason Barfield. It is good to be back and doing this podcast as we took a little time away to finish building out our new studio. Today's episode is the first to be recorded in the new Bearcat Sports Network studio at the Wood Forest Bank Athletic Center. We have a good show lined up today as we'll welcome Jalen Walker of the women's basketball team and later we will be joined by softball coach Garrett Valish. This was a big week for both Walker and Valish. On Wednesday night, Jalen scored a career-high 41 points in a 94-91 loss to Abilene Christian. The 41 points is a new school record as she becomes the first Bearcat to top the 40-point barrier. For Valish, on Wednesday night, the Bearcats split a doubleheader at Texas A&M, snapping a 51-game losing streak to the Aggies. We'll get his thoughts on that game, as well as what he's looking for in year two as the head of the program. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment with Jalen Walker here on Chasing the Cup. Season tickets for the 2020 football season are on sale now. Secure your seats today and ensure you have the best view as the Cats look to claim a Southland Conference title. The Bearcats will play five games at Bauer Stadium this season, and as always, your season ticket will guarantee your spot at the Battle of the Piney Woods. You won't want to miss the action at NRG Stadium as the Bearcats look to make it 10 straight wins over SFA. To purchase your tickets, log on to GoBearCats.com tickets or call the Athletic Ticket Office at 936-294-1729 and we will see you at Bowers Stadium this fall. Eat 'em up, Cats! Welcome back to Chasing the Cup, Jason Barfield here and I'm joined now by Jalen Walker and uh, first off, congratulations on the game you had individually against Abilene Christian, 41 points, new career best for you, but not only that, a new school record as well. The first Bearcats ever top 40 points in a game. Uh, What was working for you?
1: Um, just playing within the system, getting downhill, like Coach said. They don't, they don't want to defend, so just keep attacking their hill, and then the open shots will come.
2: At what point were you really starting to feel that this was going to be kind of a special night for you scoring?
1: Um, when I seen that I can get downhill about three times, I seen that that would be easy and then my shots will open up because they'll start playing me for the drive.
2: Second time that you've seen Abilene this year, just kind of what did you take from the first matchup that you felt like you could use in this game?
1: Um, the first game, I was settling for threes more. So I told myself that I need to start getting downhill more.
2: When you look at just the matchup, you guys got down early, had the big deficit at the half. What was that rally like as y'all were trying to complete what was a twenty, ultimately a 22-point deficit in that game?
1: Um, just staying poised. I mean, we knew that we had to come back and we had to compete. I mean, they weren't just going to give it to us, so we had to play with heart.
2: I know it's tough. Happening in a loss like that, but have you had time to kind of reflect on the game that you had and, and what it means to be the only Bearcat to ever score 40 points in a game?
1: Honestly, no. I haven't even thought about that. I just thought about the loss that we had.
2: Well, let's look at the rest of the season for you guys. Two games left in the regular season, and you are right there in the thick of the conference race. And oh, by the way, you've got two games against the teams you are competing with for a championship. What is this next week going to be like for you guys?
1: Um, Just working hard every day. I mean, we have a week until the next game, so we just know we have to come ready to go.
2: Let's say, what are you going to do with the off week? With the weekend off, um, what do you do to kind of recharge yourself to refresh?
1: I mean, Coach always say you have to be ready. I mean, like, play for 40 minutes. We know that we have to, like, get rest and, like, put in the extra work.
2: When you look at the two matchups, you've got Corpus first, And then SFA first for Corpus what do you take away from the last time you guys faced?
1: Um, We didn't come ready to play against Corpus I feel like when we play Corpus this game I mean we just have to come ready like start off with a good start hit first and make open shots.
2: And then obviously the game against SFA always a lot of emotions involved in that game what do you have to do to control that?
1: Um, I mean just stay poised for 40 minutes I mean and just compete.
2: When you talk about a rivalry game, does that change anything going into a game, knowing that things are going to be heightened a little bit, especially on the road going into their place?
1: Um, just a little, but Coach always just tell us that, I mean, it's, it's another game. Just stay ready.
2: When you look at what Coach Justice has done for this program, just for you personally, kind of what has she brought to your game that you've really seen the biggest improvement on?
1: Um. Just me attacking and just staying poised and playing within the system.
2: When you talk about just kind of what the practices are like, what when when you go to a, a two-hour workout with her, what how do you describe that maybe to somebody who's not in the gym what it's like to be through a workout with her?
1: I mean, it's intense. I mean, you're not coming here. You're not going to just go through the motion and everything. You, you're going to work.
2: When you look at maybe where you are right now compared to where you were maybe this point last year, What's the biggest difference in your game?
1: Um, players know me now, so it's not like I'm sneaking up on anybody, so I just know that every game that I have to give them all.
2: When you talk about just kind of the way this locker room is and this team, um, how are y'all in the locker room? I mean, how is it on road trips? What is it, what is it like traveling with this group of girls?
1: Um, it's like we have great chemistry. I mean, like we're down or we get down on each other, like they try to pick us up and like, we just have great chemistry.
2: We're not that far away from Katie. And then obviously you look back at last year, it did not go the way you guys wanted to do. So kind of what do you have to do this year to kind of change y'all's fortunes?
1: Um, Stay focused and play hard for 40 minutes.
2: For you personally, being a senior and you know, what role do you feel like kind of you're gonna take over these last two, three weeks of the season to really kind of help get y'all to where y'all wanna be?
1: Um, I'm going to just give my all every day and then those two games and then the KD tournament.
2: All right, a couple years ago, obviously you're finishing up at McLennan and you're going through that process of where to take that next step in college basketball. What was that process like for you? And ultimately, what made you decide on Sam Houston?
1: Um, It was very tough choosing between the schools that I had, but I chose Sam Houston because of the – chemistry that I saw that Coach Justice had, Um, the school.
2: I'd say Coach Coach Justice must have had a big part of that decision because when you look at the recent history of the program, certainly the success wasn't there. So what was it she was able to sell you on to say, come here because we're going to compete for a championship and we're going to do it pretty quick?
1: I mean, she just told me that when you come here, we're going to get, we're going to Work hard every day to try to get to where she want to be.
2: Do y'all talk much about kind of what y'all have done over the last two years and kind of the significance of really turning this program around and being right here on the cusp of a 20-win season?
1: Um, No, we don't really talk about it. We just try to, like, move on from everything.
2: All right. Well, that's all the time we have with Jalen Walker. Once again, congratulations on the 41-point game. Good luck the rest of the regular season and then a few weeks down in Katy. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by softball head coach Garrett Volish here on Chasing the Cup. The countdown to Katy has begun. The Southland Conference Basketball Tournament at the Merrill Center in Katy, Texas. Experience it live as Southland strong teams compete for a tournament title and a chance to go to the dance. It's affordable family fun and great college hoops action. Tickets for the Southland Conference Basketball Tournament are on sale through school ticket offices and Ticketmaster.com. Welcome back to Chasing the Cup. We are now joined by Garrett Volish, the head coach of the softball program. And coach, first off, congratulations on beating Texas A&M. Let's jump right into that game. It's been a long time since this program has knocked off the Aggies. Just what was that moment like for you guys?
0: Well, I had no clue about you know how long it had been. I knew it had been a while. You know, Certainly, we haven't done it since I've been here. Um, and Coach Brock had mentioned before that that I hadn't been in a while. So um, it was a great moment for us. I think early on in the year, you're trying to figure out so many things about your roster, about your team. And uh, I think that that was a great representation of kind of the direction we're headed and, and the type of ability that we have. Uh, to compete against a, a lot of really good programs and so um i don't know that it had a whole lot to do with the streak because i don't know that we were really aware of it um but afterwards when you talk about it yeah it's pretty cool it, it feels good to to kind of write that ship and um hopefully we can start a streak of our own
2: yeah that's the thing is when you know when you look at something like that certainly you know a 51 game losing streak that goes back to 1995 has involved A lot of players and a lot of coaches over the years and stuff like that so certainly it doesn't impact the current team but it has to feel good that that's no longer a discussion now about you know when's the last time you beat texas a&m
0: sure no and uh and you look back at some of the articles that are written pre-game you know always says you know the previous record here it is um i don't pay attention to those things but other people do you know and so yeah to to not have to look at that in the future would be will be great and yeah, I'm sure that, and I don't know what the stats are, but I'm sure that there's been a ton of one-run games. We played two of them last year and one in the first game, um, and I know Coach Torrey played a one nothing 13-inning game against them um, several years ago, and so I, I know there's been a number of players that have been really close, just haven't been able to kind of jump across that puddle yet, and you're we able to do it, so that it, it felt good, and it's a good moment for our team at this point in the season to, to kind of give us some confidence as we're getting closer to it. To conference season
2: yeah when you look at that you guys were so close last year to one run games a one run game in the do- did you feel like you're getting there that you're, you're knocking on the door and just kind of need that breakthrough to get past them
0: sure yeah you know I think there's always a little bit of a mental block there um, you feel like we're doing everything right and just can't can't break through but uh, I think that once you're able to do it um, it relieves maybe a little bit of pressure a little bit of anxiety that comes with playing a sport against somebody that you know all those kids our kids played against in high school just like every other texas school is the familiarity with their coaching staff and their program Uh, a lot of them grew up probably aggie fans you know and so go to the football games and that type of thing so uh, there's definitely a a different level when you go over there and play them you want to beat them and so i I think our kids kind of got through that a little bit and uh, hopefully that'll be something that continues moving forward
2: you know i thought they made an interesting comment on the broadcast too when talking about just this matchup and uh and how you guys are going to be playing. You're, you're playing every year and certainly from Texas a and standpoint, they want to be able to win the game every single year but they talked about how important it was for the Sam Houston program to be competitive and to to be that type of team that's going to push Texas A&M being just 45 minutes down the road and knowing programs are so close.
0: Sure, you know, I mean, I think we've all got our rivals. You know, we talk about us and SFA being conference rivals and, and that goes across the board in all sports um, but We don't play them in every sport, um, the Aggies, um, like we we might other teams in our conference and whatnot. So for us to have um, Houston right down the road and A&M right down the road, we're pretty much gonna play on a yearly basis. Um, I feel like when we're playing non-conference opponents that you know whether they're rivals or not, I don't know, that's another argument, but there are games that we're gonna play against those kids. We're gonna see them year in and year out. Um, And it gives us a a sense of kind of how we're adjusting to, again, our conference opponents, teams we're gonna see every year. And kids we're going to see every year pitchers, um, hitters, and so are we handling them better this year than we did the year before? Those type of things I think are important, but certainly, I mean, I love playing them, and uh, I think it's something that will continue, and and the more competitive those games are, it helps both programs.
2: You talked about um, facing, you know, one of the top programs in the state, and a a university and an athletic department that is widely recognized in Texas A&M, and you've got kids who, who grow up and they're Aggie fans. And the other program in the state is Texas. And when you talk about that kind of thing, and you guys had the opportunity to go to the regional and beat the Longhorns last year. Um, I, I know a little extra special for you um, with your background there, but just what was that whole experience like for you guys?
0: I think that it's one of those things that you talk about when you get your team together and this is what we're shooting for. We don't. We're not big about talking about winning championships or winning regionals. Uh, we talk more about being our best that day, making the right choices to set us up for success, um, and doing the things that we can control. And so, I believe that that winning games against Texas, against Texas A&M, getting to a regional, winning a conference championship are just byproducts of those things. And so, um, it was a great moment for us. Very exciting. But I think the biggest thing is, you know, there's a lot of teams that get to those moments. I don't know that their kids or even their staff completely believes that it's possible Um, and i do know that that last year that team knew that they could beat texas i knew that they they knew and we knew that they were good enough Um, i know that our team was good enough to beat a m on wednesday you know and um, that's an exciting thing for our program to 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 be able to really believe that to talk about it and believe it Um, And so yeah to be able to check both of those boxes um, in a short period of time i think is something that's exciting for us it's great for recruiting and and it shows that we're trying to build something that's long lasting and and not just a a flash in the pan type type program where you know we're going to win a few big games and it's going to be forgotten we're trying to have some staying power with what we're doing and um, I think the recruiting trail has has been really kind to us and the kids that we have in our program and, and on our campus are so deserving to be honored by those types of wins, uh, what they've done for, for me as a coach and, and for the people that are younger, they're freshmen and sophomores, uh, they've just been tremendous human beings. Uh, so it's exciting that, that they're able to be rewarded, I guess, is the biggest thing for me.
2: First year heading up the program, you win a Southland Conference regular season title, you win a conference tournament, go to the regional, get a win in the regional against University of Texas, At what point over the summer did you really sit back and and really reflect on this first year and just kind of what were the thoughts what was going through your head as you thought back to this first season
0: it happened pretty quickly to be honest with you just because i'm such i'm always looking what's ahead um and i knew that this year was going to be a different tier different team different group of people and i was thinking about what do we need to do to to be ready for next year what do we what holes do we need to fill where do we need to improve um, went through some staff changes, and so there was a lot of busy things going on in the summer, so I didn't have a lot of time. But it it was really happened pretty quickly um, when we said goodbye to a couple seniors. Um, that was very difficult, that have been so close to to the program and to me. And so I kind of reflected pretty quickly, and just my thoughts were that I was given a tremendous opportunity by Coach Williams and and, and Coach Brock to to be brought here in the first place, and then a wonderful group of people that I was able to take over from a staff, I mean, from an athlete standpoint, and so there's a lot of people, first-time head coaches, that aren't in those situations, you know, and so I felt really blessed that I had that opportunity, and I was more excited that we were able to strike while we had the right situation, the right group of people, uh, the right staff in place, and so um, I, w- I guess I just felt thankful, and but it definitely motivated me. Let's get started on the next group, and and we've got a lot of kids coming back, so there's no excuse that we shouldn't come back and be competitive. But we knew there's going to be a lot of different challenges, and I guess that's where my focus was.
2: So your build up to your first year as a coach compared to the build up to now season two as a coach, how different have these were those off seasons?
0: I, I think vastly different. The first year was, you know took over in mid-May, uh, kids showing up in August. So you got roughly uh, two and a half months or so to get to get ready there. And uh, we just completely focused on uh, bringing in the right staff members. We were able to bring in a volunteer coach and Toy Rivera. And so that happened pretty quickly and we were able to kind of get things moving with what we wanted to do. But I knew that it was gonna be completely about culture and chemistry and getting the right people in the locker room and having the right people um, on the field. And we focused our entire summer and fall with that um, and it led into our successful spring this year We felt like we had set the culture already and we had a lot of returners coming back and so it was really just about making sure that we checked all the boxes from a from a athlete standpoint have we brought in the right kids do we have enough of the right kids do we need to go out and get somebody more um, to fill a spot and um, we i think felt pretty good we only brought in one one transfer Um, and and then we had four freshmen that came in and then we had a kid on campus that was sitting out um, because of an in-conference transfer. So we felt like we had all the pieces. Um, So really it was more focused on recruiting, um, being ready for August, and and then trying to do things a little bit differently in the fall uh, with the recruiting calendar changes and then uh, just the the issues with weather and stuff in in Huntsville in September and trying to get on the field. We, We tried some different things from a practice standpoint. So it was really more just preparing for what this fall was going to bring uh, than before. It was really just, hey, let's do the right things off the field culture-wise to get us in the right spot.
2: You talked about Coach Brock bringing you in and how appreciative you were of that opportunity. What did you learn from him as you sat there as an assistant and kind of worked in the program that uh, that maybe you've now taken on as a head coach?
0: I think the biggest thing from Co- that I learned from Coach Brock is that, one, he's got a lot of – just little tiny things that he's picked up over his long career, whether it's a defensive thing, a hitting thing, um, just a uh, team management thing. And so I really tried to listen. Um, you know, I think when you have an assistant coach and a head coach, you never don't always agree on everything. Um, and I think a lot of times that's good because um, it lets you look at what you would do in that situation versus what the person who's in charge is actually doing. And then you get to evaluate oh that actually did work maybe that's a better idea Um, and so i was just able to sit back and watch he also gave me a lot of rain with certain items that i thought were going to be important for me when i was given the opportunity to be a head coach so he really just balanced out what i was able to do things that i learned by kind of being thrown in the fire Um, but uh, i think the main thing is is that he he was always trying to get people be productive if they stub their toe in the classroom if they stub their toe off the field he was not a hey one and done type guy he, he wanted you to, to make it he wanted you to graduate he wanted you to get your degree on time um, he wanted you to take the major that you that you wanted to major in um, and I've continued that I'm I, I've we, we give up some practice time sometimes for it but I think that it's been a huge thing for us in recruiting but also for our kids they know that we value them as human beings um, and as as people that are trying to get a degree versus just, hey, we need you to be an athlete for us for four years or whatever else happens, not really our responsibility. So he, he handled that very well. He also was a, a person that stayed pretty calm when, when kids did mess up sometimes. And, and he, he didn't react too, too quickly to it. He, he always tried to be fair. Um, and those are things that I think when you're running a, a program and you're considering 19, 20 individuals plus your staff, you have to be aware of what's going on with everyone and you can't just make decisions based on one person. And so he did a good job of that. And those are the things that I think were most beneficial for me.
2: When you look at the situation you were in, you get the opportunity to be a head coach in a program that you've been part of in building. Uh, How much of a benefit do you think it was, You know, not taking that first job in a new location in a place you're not as familiar with?
0: Tremendous. I mean, you show up on your first day of work and you know everyone's name. You know you know the recruits names you know their families so the learning curve as far as just familiarity with the, the department one and the, the people in your program and then you hire somebody that was a bearcat before and, and understood what the program was like um, in different phases they were really good back in 2013 when Tori Rivera was a senior and so she knew what, it's, what it took to be really good at this level so all those things from a from a familiarity standpoint were huge benefits for me. I felt like we'd never missed a beat. We just kept working and moving forward. Um, and So it was a, a blessing. I, you know, I can't imagine the amount of hours and time that you spend trying to get to know everyone and, and learn their personalities, what they respond to, what they don't respond to um, from a coaching standpoint, um, how you can help motivate them to, to be the best version of themselves. Those are just things that they take a lot of time. you know. I see other coaches take programs over, and they're able to just catch fire and run with it right away. Um, but I think that's a perfect storm situation. A lot of times there's, there's a transition there, and I just didn't feel like we had to go through that. So it was a blessing.
2: In a very similar situation, you look at the baseball program right now with Jay Sirianni taking over for Matt Deggs, a guy who had been an assistant on that staff. Any advice for him? I mean, did y'all have any conversations about just kind of what to expect in that transition?
0: You know, Jay is so steady in his approach to, to life and, and to coaching, um, He, you know, with him being a pitching guy, uh, you know, those are stressful situations when you're calling pitches and, and handling, um, you know, a staff of 15 different guys, lefty, righty, all that type of stuff. And so Jay, you know, I think transitioned into that pretty well. We talked a little bit, you know, he, he'd asked this question or that question just based on things that I had seen, but I think that he was more than prepared for, for that opportunity. And so... Uh, most of us uh uh, visiting is just catching up with how we're doing and and little things that go on from a day-to-day standpoint with practices and and whatnot but uh uh, no we didn't talk a whole lot about it I think that he was you know kind of like me just excited because again there wasn't much of a learning curve he was ready to to kind of dig in and um it's been great having him down there coach Deggs was great to me um in his time here with with me and and really enjoyed working with him and I'm excited for him what he's going to do at at UL moving forward but um, coach Sirianni has just been great to work with we had a good working relationship before and uh, so we get to spend some time together a little bit of time off the field maybe and stuff he's trying to get me in the duck blind Uh, it hadn't happened yet I'm 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 more of a deer guy but uh, I I guess if he hears this I'm going to be in trouble I'll be out there next next fall
2: well let's talk about this uh, conference season it's right around the corner It, it feels like you know you you get your season started and you play a couple of weekends, and just as you're starting to figure your team out, maybe you hadn't figured your team out yet, you're already in conference play. What uh, what sort of hurdles does this year's conference slate really present for you guys?
0: Well, it's the same schedule that we played last year, just flip-flopped as far as home and away. So um, the order's a little bit different as far as when we see teams um, with the travel and that that part of it um, we have three series in a, ho- in, a, in a row at home in April which is something that you don't usually run into in conference so there will be different challenges for sure uh, obviously teams are a little bit different I think the biggest thing is that last year everyone thought we had a chance to be pretty good but they kind of wanted to see it first um, and so now we prove that we could be competitive against everyone won eight of our last or eight of the nine conference series last year and so I think, you know, the target's a little bit bigger, people have us circled a little bit more. Um, Does that mean you get a better shot from them? I don't know. I I don't think that people really say, well, we're not going to try to beat the Bearcats today because they're not very good, you know, they just, I I think that we'll have to show up and play and and kind of um, just continue to do the things that this team can do well. I think the biggest challenges are internal, you know, not trying to get ahead of ourselves. We went out last year. Lindsey McLeod threw a no-hitter against Northwestern State to open conference series. We beat them six to nothing. Well, Northwestern State won the next two games, um, and that was the only series we lost. And so it was it was a big moment for us that I felt like, wow, we really need to to see what we're doing. And we were able to respond the next weekend, um, and, and the rest is kind of history. So I think this year the biggest thing is just not getting ahead of ourselves literally the one game at a time approach that our team was so good at last year um, and, and if we can start off on a positive note but northwestern state's going to be a, a good opponent for sure um, we've got a lot of good teams in our league and uh, i think at the end of the year you know it's going to be very tight we ended sfa last year that's what it kind of came down to is having to win two out of three that weekend with with four teams going in that weekend that had a chance to win it um, and I think this year is going to be very similar from our conference. We have a competitive league. I think, you know, all the way through. But there's there's eight teams. I think right now you could say they literally can win it if they they get on the roll.
2: For the girls that went through this last year, how much of a benefit is it, you know, having them back, having had that experience, and seeing what it takes to win a championship?
0: Well, I think the biggest thing is if their mindset mindset stays the same of that can't panic if if things don't go well when we want them to go well and just staying the course of focusing on, again, the next at bat, the next pitch, the next game, I think that that benefit's gonna be tremendous. Um, they, they had that approach last year and they saw that it, it came to fruition and things worked out. Um, but again, I think there's different challenges this year. We'll have to win some games in different ways, I think, from time to time, just because you're not gonna, not gonna consistently Um, strike out as many people as we did last year Um, pitcher like Lindsay but we've got really capable individuals um, from a pitching staff standpoint and and I think the deepest most athletic team that that we've had since I've been here so I really like um, the competitiveness of this group and I think the experience overall is going to be a benefit you know as long as we don't get ahead of ourselves and try to win the league in the first weekend
2: all right. Well, Coach, appreciate you joining us. That's going to do it for this week's Chasing the Cup. I want to thank Garrett Volish for joining us here in the studio as well as Jalen Walker. And we'll be back next week with more talk about the Bearcats here on Chasing the Cup. If you like what you're hearing from us this year, be sure to rate and review the show. If you aren't subscribing, you can do so on Apple, Google, and Spotify.
0: Chasing the Cup is recorded in the Bearcat Sports Network studios in the new Wood Forest Athletic Center. This week's episode was written and produced by Jason Barfield. Broadcast calls are courtesy ESPN. The songs Hot Shot and Clear Progress are courtesy ScottHolmesMusic.com. This has been a presentation of the Bearcat Sports Network.